feel like I was kind of put on earth to do this. Uh, I'm lucky and humbled to be able to to be in this situation, but I also feel uh, a tremendous obligation to the city. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. That was Commander's owner Josh Harris here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, Richmond's home for the Commanders. Every game can be heard here on Odyssey Richmond 910 The Fan. Question of the day, how would you grade the Commanders offseason so far? A to F. How would you grade the Commanders offseason so far? 833-804-0910. I truly believe this is the most important offseason for the franchise in the past 20 years. It's 2024. Josh Harris, the takeover is complete. There's no more Dan Snyder. We have made our first head coaching hire of the new ownership, first offense coordinator, first defensive coordinator hire, and commanders hold the number two overall pick in the upcoming NFL draft. The most important offseason in the past 20 years is completely underway. How would you grade the commanders offseason so far based on the hires that they've made? That's the question of the day here on the Richmond Commander. It's time for the Richmond Commander. Are you ready for some- the phones are open. <laughs> it's your chance to be the quarterback of this segment. There's something I like to say. Every day at 1 p.m. on AWOD Radio, the Richmond Commander. All right, I just want to go on the record once again, Stub. I'm a Dan Quinn guy. I like the hire. Yep. I'll be supporting DQ. He's the guy I wanted all along. I want a defensive-minded coach that's going to sure up that side of the ball, make us an elite defense with a great defensive line like we should have had last year. And then offensively, we're going to swing for the fences at quarterback. At number two overall, guaranteed, in my opinion, the commanders get Drake May, Jaden Daniels, or Caleb Williams. We will have a new starting quarterback in 2024. I can guarantee that. Phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. How would you grade the Commander's offseason so far? So part of the reason that I really like the Dan Quinn hire is because he can focus on the defensive side of the ball, and he hired a big name in Cliff Kingsbury to be the offensive coordinator. Kingsbury was this close to signing with the Vegas Raiders. Magic Johnson supposedly gave him a call and convinced him to come to Washington. Now, there has been... A lot of negative reports on Cliff Kingsbury. You've read the reports, right? Yeah, Michael Phillips. Michael <laughs> Phillips is not a fan. We ha- Michael Phillips had a guy on the show, Bo Barak, that covered uh, Cliff in Arizona, and we played the clip. He said Cliff was great. The Cardinals were seven and zero. Then the NFL figured him out, and he could not adjust. And that's that kind of has been his issue throughout all of his stops is not being able to adjust. I would argue Cliff's uh, inability to adjust is because. Being a head coach is too much of a job for him. It's too much for Kingsbury. Now, however, this hire, some believe, is a good hire. There's some who believe that Kingsbury is the biggest fraud in football. That's CBS Sports' Damon Amendolora, who joined Craig Hoffman of the Team 980 Friday during Radio Row. Here's what Amendolora had to say about Cliff Kingsbury. Quote, he has not succeeded anywhere he's been to any significant degree. When he got the head coaching job at Texas Tech, he never had a winning record in the Big 12. He's supposed to be a great offensive mind with Patrick freaking Mahomes, and his best season is 7-5, and five, and he lost in the Texas Bowl. Then somehow he fails upward to get the head coaching job at Arizona. 
every year, it's the same thing. They start off hot, and then they collapse down the stretch. Then he goes to USC, and Caleb Williams has a worse season with him than he had without him, and USC crashes and burns. All of that is correct. He has not succeeded for an entire season. I just don't believe in the notion that he's failing upwards. There's a reason this guy keeps getting jobs. I believe it's because he's a hard worker. We've heard all the reports about him getting to work at 4 a.m., that he's an extremely intelligent NFL mind that has a great IQ for football, and he's a great X's and O's guy. And maybe his teams aren't executing, but I believe the reason he keeps getting jobs is because the play designs are terrific, and people in the hiring process like it. I mean, look. This guy keeps getting jobs, and it's not like if he didn't get the Washington job, he was stuck without a gig. He was going to be hired in in Oakland, or excuse me, with Vegas. So that's kind of part of the reason why I like the, the hire. Now, I do believe it's a swing for the fences hire, right? There were a lot of other candidates out there that were a sure thing, right? I mean, Bobby Slowick had a lot of success with Houston. I don't think you were going to convince him to leave there. Chip Kelly was another option. He's already had success in the NFL. They went with Kingsbury. And look, I'm not in the I'm not in the business of questioning Josh Harris's decision making right now. When I was the guy that said it's the freaking Jedi Council that he's put together with Bob Myers, Rick Spielman. Magic Johnson, Mitchell Rails, and Josh Harris. And I like the Dan Quinn hire. And Dan Quinn likes Cliff Kingsbury. I like the hire. Sue me. Tell me I'm wrong. 833-804-0910. Stubb, where do you weigh in on this? I like it. I, I'm pretty I'm pretty satisfied with every hire yeah. at this point. I think I'm I'm losing a little bit of faith in Ben Johnson. I've been thinking about that airplane thing. Yeah. Airplane gate. No, that was Dan Quint, but still. No, that was that was that was Ben Johnson, right? Because airport gate. Was airport Dan gate. Quinn. Was, was airplane Dan gate was. <laughs> well, the airplane bit is interesting because Josh Harris has said uh, we did have service on the airplane. I know. Right? <laughs> like, he's like, "Are you crazy? We I'm a billionaire. <laughs> of course, we have internet in space. If you have a billion yeah. dollars, yeah." All right, phone lines are open. Do you like the Kingsbury hire? 833-804-0910 after we read the quotes. Damon Amendolor of CBS Sports crushing the hire on the Team 980 Craig Hoffman show. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines. 833-804-0910. We've got Coach in Richmond. What's going on, Coach? Hi, uh, what's up, what? Would you have liked yeah. Kingsbury to come to uh, Vegas and coach the Raiders? N- not really. The offense <laughs> to me is a little, it's a little stale. It's a little stale. Uh, I, I'm kind of with the article that you read. Uh, I, I'm just not, where's the hardware? I mean, he had some great quarterbacks. He hasn't produced in the championships yet. He was a head coach out in Arizona a couple of years. I'm not sure what his record was, but I don't believe he had a potential winning record. If I'm, if I'm wrong, let me know. He struggled. He's absolutely struggled. He only has three years of experience as an offensive coordinator, and all of those came at the college level. University of Houston in 2010 and 11, A and M in 2012, and then ASU after that. Um, I, I just, you know, I don't believe that he got the Arizona job from just being a good-looking guy, right? He he's obviously a good interviewer. Yeah, I mean, he fits the part. He looks the role definitely, but uh, you know, lips can be deceiving. Yeah. You asked me if, about uh, if I uh, would have liked him to get the Vegas job. I, I would disagree. I wouldn't mind having EB come over with Vegas and give us the secret to that, that offense that Kansas City running so we could get 
you know, this man or that out now conference coming up the next couple of years before they try to go for this three piece. Yeah. No, that's a good point. I think Eric Bieniemy is going to certainly land on his feet, uh, especially with Andy Reid keeps going out of his way to credit Eric Bieniemy. Last week we talked about the story that Bieniemy showed up at the team facilities in Baltimore to speak to the offense before the AFC title game. They went on to win that and then win another Super Bowl. Uh, I mean, speaking of that, what, what did you think of uh, of that of that big game, Coach? It was a great game, man, but uh, too much, too much. Too much, uh, too many penalties, too many calls. A lot. You know, the referees think that you know they missed some calls. Uh, the, the officiating across the board right now with sports betting and stuff, it got a bad fish to it, man. It stinks. And I'm gonna call it just like it is. From the NBA to the NFL, some of the stuff that we're seeing right now, we've never seen in the history of these leagues. Coach, are you telling me you think that an official was given a bag of money to make a call? <laughs> Oh, come on, Ewan. Why not? I don't. I certainly don't disagree. I certainly don't disagree. I mean, with the rise of sports gambling, and you're right, you know. Uh, referees are down across the board in every sport right now. It just feels like they've been making bad calls that are affecting the outcomes of games. I, I just have yeah. to hope that the integrity of the sports world is still intact. That's what I have to hope because otherwise, why am I watching? Yeah, yeah, I'm with you, man. But at the end of the day, I take it with a grain of salt. It's still sports entertainment. Yeah. It's entertainment. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, hey, that's how I take it. Hey, I'm just being realistic, buddy. No, you're right. My guy, that's, that's, my, that's my issue is that I'm too emotional. VCU loses and I don't sleep for a week, you know. The commanders <laughs> lose and I scream on the radio for three hours on Monday. <laughs> man, how, how could you be upset if VCU lost and you just coming from – uh, down at the Super Bowl, and you had a great time. You had some great interviews. You party hard. <laughs> you hit the roulette table. I mean, and you hit the spear. Come on, man. You worried about the VCU loss? You a that hard fan. Well. I know. I am. And, and here's the the hardest thing about this, Coach. I could have gone harder in Vegas. The damn show started at 9 a.m. I wanted to pull an all-nighter. I couldn't convince Michael Phillips. Little MP on the mic, the newspaper guy, had to get his beauty sleep. <laughs> yeah. Man, MP is a little L7 sometimes to me, man. That's my guy, too, though, man. Good coach. Good call, coach. I appreciate you chiming in. Oh, man, always fun. Phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. That's 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, Richmond's home for... The Washington Wizards, the radio party, can be heard on 910 The Fan with Dave Johnson. The Washington Capitals, the Nats, the Commanders, the Richmond Flying Squirrels, VCU Hoops, and more. And a few months ago, Ted Leonsis announced he was planning the move, the Wizards and the Capitals, out of D.C. and enter Northern Virginia. And if you remember, that's when I developed the persona of the Sports Grinch. Right, Stubb? I mean, I remember. that pissed I me off so much, right? The Nova Caps, the Virginia Wizards. I'm so out <laughs> on that decision. I hate it. And look, we don't get political on this show, but I hated this decision so much, I can't stand Ted Leonsis for thinking about this. Look, partially, it's because of some of the best memories, sports memories I've had. They're inside of Capital One Arena, formerly known as the Verizon Center, the phone booth, an MCI center before that. I watched Michael Jordan, my GOAT, MJ, play for the Wizards, 
there's a kid. I went back every year for my birthday to see a Caps or a Wizards game. And the Caps-Stanley Cup run was the best celebration for all of D.C. sports fans in the past 30 years. And you know where it took place? Right outside of Capital One Arena, Chinatown Gallery Place. I get it. That place is not the greatest. It's not as good as it used to be, and it certainly has gotten worse since COVID. But you cannot move D.C.'s team out of the city. And, and look, when I was in Vegas, I ran into Kevin Blackstone, who's a, a longtime Around the Horns member for ESPN, old-school ESPN guy. He's from D.C. He said, look, I hate Ted for this. You just can't move the city's team out of the city. And, we, you know, Grant Polson, who we were hanging out with there, he's kind of for it. And I get where he's coming from. Caps fans are Northern Virginia goers, right? People who like the Caps, 90%, or it seems like uh, the, the statistics would prove, m- majority of Caps fans come from Northern Virginia. With the Wizards, it's just not the same. That it's That's D.C.'s team, and you can't move them outside of the city. So I was so upset when that officially came out. Now, yesterday, you had an update. Stubb, tell us a little bit about what you know about this update as top Democrats in the Virginia Senate dealt a blow to legislation that would help pave the way for this to happen by refusing to docket the bill for the hearing. My understanding of the situation is the bill moving would be a win for Glenn Youngkin. Yes. And therefore, uh, the other party is attempting to block it gotcha. for like re-election reasons. Well, that's kind of what we brought up when it initially came out, is that Mariel Bowser, mayor in D.C., she dropped the ball. Youngkin picked it up, ran to the other court, and dunked it. Well, and- he hasn't dunked it yet. Yeah, you're he's right. midair, and someone <laughs> someone's standing there ready to, to swat it ready, out of his hand. Shaq's ready to swat <laughs> yeah. it down. Well, um, you know, a special guest of our show, Goad Gatsby, is actually on the case. He joins us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. He's the host of Richmond Cryptoids and also a writer at RVA Magazine. What's going on, Goad? Hey, thanks. Uh, uh Boy, I'm having fun down at the Capitol, uh, although today I took the day off because uh, I usually just sit at the committees and they're just trying to pass as many laws as they can on the main floor. But yesterday, Luis Lucas uh, chaired the Senate Finance Committee, uh, and uh, Senator Lucas, uh, she's actually the, the of D'Angelo Williams, uh, former former Washington player over there, and she decided to not even put the Glen Dome on the docket because she felt that it was not very good for the Commonwealth uh, in making sure it's financially secure, seeing that it, it really looks like a boondoggle. And if I had to compare it to anybody else's stadium deal, it would be LeVar Stoney with the Navy Hill, Hill deal because everything just does not seem to be in order that, Yes, most certainly Mary, Mary Bowser didn't have everything in order in, in trying to have the future of the sports in in Washington D.C. But you know the the plan that he has requires a lot of public funding from Virginia taxpayers, and to the Democrats in the Senate, they didn't seem very enthused about it. Meanwhile, in the House, I mean, they, it's still alive in the House; it's not officially dead, right? Um, the people there were not were they only pushed it along to just keep it on the table because if it if it's not passed uh in the house then it just completely dies so the senate will have another crack at it and uh, that means glenn youngkin has another chance to make the deal seem more enticing but 
uh, right now it's really, it's, it looks like it's going to die and it looks like Mary Bowser will have another chance to keep, uh, keep those, the, keep the owners, keep the wizards and capitals in Washington, DC. And I really do agree with you that there used to be RFK stadium in Washington, DC. Now they're the Maryland commanders. <laughs> right. Right. Nobody wants to go to Landover, Maryland, especially with how crappy FedEx Field is. What's tough about this is I do believe that if pushed through, Yunkin and Ted Leonsis would build a terrific stadium. I just don't want to go to Northern Virginia to watch a game. I like going to the city. And with that being said, though, it's all on Muriel Bowser because it's her fault that the crime rates are crazy in D.C. and that the stadium has kind of gone to crap and everything around Chinatown has been destroyed because nobody even goes to work in that area anymore. So it's like it's a double-edged sword here. Yeah, I you know, and I, I do enjoy going to, to Chinatown, uh, but I, you know, I, I think I think you can repair uh, Capital One Arena. I think maybe you can come up with a better solution to to come up with something in place of it. But yeah, I, uh, I, I think there needs to be a com- comprehensive plan. That's just not throw money at a stadium. And, and I also see a lot of people coming in from Northern Virginia to the capital to oppose, uh, because, uh, because they don't, they don't want the stadium in their, their own, ha- uh, their own neighborhood. They don't want a giant, giant thing that should be in a city. It should be in uh, densely populated places. They don't want it in a suburban area. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you there. Goad Gatsby with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, writer at RVA Magazine. So just because this has not gone through the Senate, it still could get through the House. Death in the Senate doesn't mean it's over. When do you think we'll get another update on this? Uh, so Wednesday will be, tomorrow will be the first day of the crossover, which means all of the House bills that got passed go over to the Senate. Um and sometime between tomorrow and a couple a couple weeks, it could get put on the docket. Um, but I expect it to be later towards the session. So maybe maybe two or three weeks, we'll start to get an update if if any progress has been made between Democrats and the Youngkin administration on the stadium. Maybe making sense, but I gotta say, if Youngkin wants to have uh, speeches where he bashes Democrats, they don't. And that's probably what what caused uh, a breakdown in communication. So, if Youngkin needs Youngkin needs to continue to play nice with uh, his opposition if he wants to help get this deal passed. What I think is really holding this back is some of the optics of it. Like when it was initially reported, you had you know the Metro line come out and say, "Yeah, we were not involved in any of these discussions. We're not prepared to handle that much traffic." And so it just kind of felt like Yunkin and Ted Leonsis did everything behind closed doors with a handshake without ever actually getting anything you know written down on paper uh, for everything. Goad, we appreciate you being on this case. Last thing before we let you go, have you been back to the Richmond gunhole? Oh, absolutely. I was there just the other day. Somebody <laughs> left Taco Bell there. Uh, and, and I I was a little hungry, but I didn't want to eat that Taco Bell. Put a, they put a little, little cheese in there. Don't, don't get the whole dirty. Just, <laughs> just make your celebrations. Um, the r- people undid the, the, the cement covering in there. So I got to say, uh, I, I can't condemn that illegal act, but... I can at least appreciate it. (laughs) Go. Thanks for joining the show. We appreciate you.
All right. You have a wonderful day. Enjoy the sports radio. (laughs) Take care. Phone lines are open 833-804-0910. Stubb, so you listened to Grant and Danny yesterday. They had Eric Flack, reporter for USA 9, on the show. What did he have to say? It it was close to what what Goad was saying. It, it, It is confusing, and it's just a lot of political red tape over a stadium moving a couple miles. Yeah. But it's a bigger deal than that. Because, yeah. Right? Because this affects the people in the city. This affects the people in the surrounding area. No, absolutely. And, and really, to me, it's just, I don't want to go to Northern Virginia to watch my favorite team that's a D.C. sports team. Like, and maybe I'm alone on this. And believe me, I've had 100 people say, Awad, stop talking about this. You're wrong. It's annoying. But I grew up a D.C. sports fan, not a Virginia sports fan. And that's just me. And right? can we can we focus on the real Virginia Stadium that needs to be talked about, which is the Diamond? Yeah. Like, can we get back to that, please? I know. I've been I've been trying to find an update on on the Diamond. I reached out to a few reporters. They promised uh, shovels in the dirt by April or May. I just doubt it. I really do. I hate to be that guy, but like. Until I see the shovels in the dirt, I'm going to yeah. believe that the city's going to screw this up. At least the land has been bought. Right. Well, but the issue but. is that it just, it, and and now we're getting way too political, it feels like LeVar Stoney has moved on to other projects. Like, he doesn't care about this anymore. He's moved on. That he's would. on to, he thinks he's on to bigger and better things when we need a, a damn big stadium for my flying squirrels. Yeah, we need another, another vote on the casino. Let's try <laughs> yeah, that again. Yeah, right. Let's yeah. do that bit again. No, thank you. My goodness. If you want to chime in, 833-804-0910. You're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. And we encourage you all to download the Odyssey app today for free. You can take the show on the go. Just search 910 The Fan. You can hear me Monday through Friday from 12 to 3 p.m. It gives you the ability to pause the show, run some errands, rewind, and then pick up right where you left off. Also, every day we post the podcast each hour of the show, plus a best of AWOD radio hour. It's available for you on your ride home on the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or iTunes. Joining us right now... On the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline from CBS here in town locally to run around local sports in Richmond, Virginia, it's Lane Casadante. What's going on, Lane? Adam, good afternoon. Welcome back from Las Vegas. And the question that everyone is asking in their heads, did your laptop make it back from Vegas? (laughs) Yes, it did. And TSA, I think they listen to my show. They changed their rules. You didn't have to take your laptop out of the backpack anymore. They said they had a brand new machine that could scan the laptop. (laughs) Yeah, but not every airport has that. We we traveled over the holidays, and I noticed that same thing because – uh, my son, who was paranoid about this stuff, took everything. I think he would have stripped down to his underwear if they asked him to. But uh, I just threw my bag up there and said, do what you want with it. And uh, I didn't have to take it out. That, that, so that, that's, a, that's an improvement. I agree. Lane, the best story that I actually have never told on air, though, is when I was 13, my parents, no, I, was, I might have been even less than that. My parents picked me up from school, and we went straight from school to the airport to go meet our grandparents at Cabo San Lucas, right? And I had come from arts and crafts class, and I didn't realize there were a pair of scissors in my backpack. Went through TSA, and they stopped us, pulled out the scissors, and they're like, does this kid know what he's doing? What an idiot! It was the most embarrassing thing in my life, Lane. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I, I mean, keeping the world free from 10-year-olds with scissors is, <laughs> I, I believe that's in the, 
That's in the TSA mantra, so <laughs> I, I guess they have to do that. Yeah. Hey, what's the biggest sports story in your world today, man? Oh, let me think. Well, we just obviously we just got through with you know everything in Vegas and the Super Bowl, the most watched uh, you know TV event in history since the landing on the moon. I saw that. I, I heard that this morning. It was the most watched TV event since the moon landing. And the first thing I thought of was, oh, so now the Super Bowl is fake too. <laughs> so I mean, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, you're you know you're in trouble either way that you go. But uh, um, this week, really, this is. A, a bit of a quiet week because uh, the Rams don't play till Friday and they play on the road. I know Coach Odom spoke this morning. Uh, Richmond is home tomorrow, but then they're on the road this weekend. It's a little bit of a lull this week um, with a lot of our teams playing away from home um, and getting that half of their conference schedule uh, taken care of. So a couple of big wins this past weekend for Richmond and VCU. And that top four of the A-10 is really starting to distance itself from the rest of the pack. You know who the sports lull is bad for, Lane? That's Kyle Shanahan. His decision in overtime looks terrible. More and more people are going to jump on him for blowing a a 10-point lead again in the Super Bowl. How about his play calling? They went three and out three straight times without even running the ball with Christian McCaffrey. This sports lull is terrible for Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, it, and obviously hindsight being twenty twenty, you can critique and criticize his decision in overtime. I, I really don't have, I don't have a problem with it because you have to remember. I believe his defense just came off the field at the end of regulation, yeah. So that may have factored into his decision to give his deep because both of those defenses were gassed by the end of the fourth quarter. They had played all out that entire game. And I would not fault him if that was part of his decision-making there um, in order to give his defense another five, ten minutes of rest against Patrick Mahomes. I actually thought going in, and I said this to anybody that asked me for a <laughs> prediction, I, I, I said, I think San Francisco is the better team, but I refuse to bet against Patrick Mahomes for exactly the reason that we saw. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you there. That's why I was able to place a bet at halftime and win money on the Kansas City Chiefs. I think the biggest issue with Shanahan's decision in overtime was his explanation that we wanted the ball for the third possession if both teams get a field goal or both teams get a touchdown and an extra point. But the Chiefs have already come out and said, we planned all week long, knowing the new overtime rules, if the 49ers scored a touchdown, we were going to score a touchdown and then go for two. There would have been no third possession for Kyle Shanahan. Well, and actually, in in his defense, I did not know the Chiefs had said that earlier in the week. If they did, I missed it. But um, I understand their strategy as well. I actually, me personally, I was panicking at the clock. Yeah. Because (laughs) I didn't know the new rules. And, you know, they're being lackadaisical in the red zone. I said, there's only 10 seconds left because I thought after the first overtime, we've never gotten this far before. And I thought they would flip a coin and kick off again for the second overtime. I didn't know that they would treat it like a quarter and just flip fields. I I heard yesterday, though, and I can't remember who said it, what happens if we had gotten through a second period of overtime? Do they have Usher come out and do another halftime show, or how does any of that work? (laughs) It'd be Alicia Keys, and this time she's got to be on note. She can't be off key. Or, or you, you look up in the stand and say, uh, Taylor, we could use, you know, like a three-song set. Can you, you know, <laughs> hey, do you mind? Yeah, are you I, not- I don't know what they would have done. <laughs> are you too I, hammered you, or you not? Love, 
Yeah, well, you know what? God bless her. They, um, <laughs> you you live for chaos like that because you live to see people make decisions in real time and just to see what happens because uh, none of us have ever been to that point before. But that was, I mean, a fantastic game. The NFL can't ask for any more than that. A game that comes down to overtime and uh, and, and players making plays, not someone screwing up or an official taking it away from someone. That was... More, I think it was more Kansas City winning it than San Francisco losing it. Yeah, and it was a terrific game, and I had a great week in Vegas. But I am jealous that I wasn't at the Stew Friday night as the Dayton Flyers came to town and VCU got a stop at the buzzer to get the win. Lane, what was that like? I have never seen a team that went the final six minutes of regulation without scoring actually win. <laughs> um, it was one of the most bizarre rock fights of a game and that uh ryan odom used that phrase so i'm not speaking out of turn here um it was it was a a fantastic defensive effort by the rams but um we i don't think personally i don't think we've seen them play a complete game yet we've seen games where their offenses come out and been lights out and they can't miss from the outside and then we've seen games where their defense is just locked down uh, but I don't know that we've seen both of that in the same game. It is obviously something to which they are working. It'll be fantastic to see it when and if it happens. Um, but right now they're kind of playing, you know, either either we're going we're gonna to shut them down or we're going to try to outscore them. And you're never quite sure. The defense is taking more. The defense has taken more of uh, uh, the spotlight in the last few games since, you know, they had that meeting and talked about it and, you know, worked on their box outs, which uh, was the problem against in the game up at St. Bonaventure. So credit to Ryan Odom and his, his staff and his players for getting the message and really uh, following through on it. But now, you know, now you kind of want to see them uh, be able to get their offense going again, too, at the same time. Yeah, no, you're right. I've been saying Ryan Ryan Odom's secret sauce is being able to challenge the players to meet their standard. Robbie Robinson said yesterday on the show, it seems like they don't make the same mistake twice. If they lose a game because of rebounding, they sure damn rebound the next game. And I would 100% agree with you that they haven't played a full 40 minutes. They haven't played to the best of their abilities at all this season. It feels like a lot of games there's some defensive lulls or there's a four-minute stretch where they have a scoring drought. Hopefully they don't get to 100% playing their best until Brooklyn, Lane. Yeah, and one of the other things, I th- and I, I wasn't at the uh, the press conference with Coach Oden this morning, but I kind of wanted to ask him, uh, Fats Billups did not get on the floor in the uh, in the Dayton game the other night, and I, I didn't know, you know, that shortens their bench shortens their rotation but i didn't know if there was a reason for it if he was injured if it was a coach's decision if you know the situation you know dictated a different strategy but i i i think that's the first game all year where he has kind of been i know they don't do this in basketball but kind of a healthy scratch if you know what i mean um and i think that bears watching 
moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. I, I wouldn't complain at all. I mean, look, we all want Fats, the local kid, to succeed. Uh, but the team has been, I think, 9-1 in their last 10 games. Uh, a lot of that has to do with more playing time for Michael Bell. That's cut into Fats Phillips' playing time. Joe Bamisil being, you know, such a volume shooter and, and scorer. And, and so I think... Odom has definitely shortened the rotations. You haven't seen Roosevelt Wheeler either. And look, it's worked out to the team's benefit, so it's hard to question that. Yeah, exactly. You can't. You cannot uh, argue with the results. That, that's you're absolutely right. Uh, I just I, I thought it was interesting because I had to go back and check the box score because I, I was at the game and I said I don't think I saw him on the court. And as it turns out, I, I didn't. Uh, and I I just think that bears some watching moving forward. But. You know, you're right. If they're winning, then you cannot argue with the strategy or the formula because uh, it's going to get them out of playing on Wednesday up in Brooklyn, and they will only need three, ga- you know, two games to get this Sunday and three to win it all instead of uh, that extra game. Lane, before we let you go, let's show the Spiders some love. They are nine and one in the A10 first place, seventeen and six overall. And what my, me and Michael Phillips talked about was, man, their schedule is really favorable for them over the next four games: UMass, GW, Rhode Island, Dayton, and then at St. Louis. I mean, they really don't have enough a tough game until uh, they host VCU on March second. Yeah, VCU has, still has to go to Dayton and to Richmond, so the Rams have a little bit tougher. Uh, as the schedule would dictate, a little bit tougher road uh, coming down the home stretch. Uh, Richmond, you know, they had the week off after their loss to at VCU, um, and then uh, uh, you know uh, LaSalle came in. Sorry, I was trying to remember who they played. They gave up uh, a big lead to LaSalle. LaSalle went on a sixteen nothing run in that second half and actually took a one point lead, and Richmond responded and you know outscored them down the stretch. Uh, but I think Chris Mooney and his staff were encouraged about how they had a whole week off. You know, sometimes in those instances when you're coming off a tough loss like they had to VCU, you kind of want to – you can't wait to play again. Well, they had to wait, and they had to wait all the way to Saturday afternoon, but they responded well. They responded to uh, LaSalle's – LaSalle played, you know, excellent defense. Their guards are tough at LaSalle, um, and they responded to all of it and came away with a win that, you know, they really needed given – where they are in the standings, given the game that they came off of, and now moving forward, they get UMass tomorrow night, and then I think they're on the road on Saturday. So um, it was it was it was an important win for a bunch of different reasons for the Spiders last Saturday. Yeah, and, and you know part of their success, they need Jordan King to hit his average this season. It's eighteen point eight. Last two games, he was held to twelve against VCU, and then just thirteen against LaSalle. They need him, you know, scoring eighteen and twenty uh, like he has earlier this season. Well, but also they also got great contributions from Jai Bailey and Isaiah Bigelow, who really at a, at a point in the second half where you know you could tell the Spiders were getting a little frustrated offensively. You could see it on the, especially Isaiah Bigelow's face. He just came down and said, you know, the heck with this. Boom, he puts it up and hits a three. Boom, comes down. I'm not messing with you guys. I'm going to hit another one. And uh, it, it was really it was an offensive uh, outburst that you might not have expected from those two guys. And that bodes well for them down the stretch as well, that even when their best player, like you said, isn't hitting his season total, you have other guys on which you can rely because uh, uh, Neil Quinn is dealing with a little bit of a hip issue. He played in that game, wasn't exactly 100%, but he was effective enough. Um, 
the 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 biggest surprise to me this whole weekend was I don't know how Deron Holmes is considered preseason player of the year. I've seen him twice now and have been completely unimpressed, especially in that game against VCU. They had Toby Lawal and uh, the other forward in foul trouble. Um, Furman. Uh, God, thank you. Furman, they both had four fouls with four minutes to go. That is where your player of the year, who can be a post-up guy, needs to take over a game, and he was nowhere to be found. He was 5 of 13 from the foul line. And I don't know how a player of the year can put in performances like that in games that his team really needs and still be considered a player of the year candidate. I was completely unimpressed. I know he's got ability, and I know he's going to have good games, but uh, when he comes, he doesn't want to see Richmond. He doesn't want to see Welcome to Richmond again <laughs> as, you know, as long as he can help it because he did not play well here in either of those games. And, and to be honest with you, Lane, he disappeared in the big game last year, the A-10 championship game against VCU. So he's certainly a great player, but maybe not living up to the big moment. That's Lane Casadante. Follow him on social media at LaneCTV Sports. Thanks, Lane. All right, Adam, thanks for having me. Have a great week. Yep, you're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. So there was a school in Kentucky, actually in Paris, Kentucky. I'd never heard of. Had you heard of Paris, Kentucky, Stub? No, I haven't been. Haven't... (laughs) (laughs) Haven't been to Paris, France, or Paris, Kentucky. (laughs) Well, the students at Paris Independent School were allowed to sleep in yesterday. That's because the Monday following the Super Bowl Sunday was added to the school's holiday calendar after a unanimous approval from the school board. The move, understandably, was greeted with uh, resounding approval from students and parents alike. Now, how about a little momentum from this nationwide? That story comes to us from ABC 18 in Lexington. Canceling schools, all classes canceled the day after the Super Bowl. Hey, gotta do it. I'll tell I, you. I, I won't name names, but uh, uh, junior year of high school, my, my first period teacher, there was a big event like Halloween the day before. She would show up in her pajamas 30 minutes late. No way. At most. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> I'll tell you this. I ate so much Super Bowl Sunday. I thought I, I thought about calling out <laughs> with a stomach ache <laughs> because I ate so much damn food. And speaking of the food that we ate on Super Bowl Sunday, the menu for everyone that was watching the game from Allegiant Stadium in Vegas came out. So let's do a little impromptu dude food. Dude food. We're not responsible for the content of this program or anything we say when we're really hungry. Where's my food? Dude, where's my food? The most delicious food you've ever tasted. Yes! I can eat this off a flip-flop. Who <laughs> loves food? Dude food. All right, Arash Markazi is a host on The Bet Las Vegas, and he posted photos from the concession stand in Vegas for the Bud Light big game. And, of course, there's a giant photo of Bud Light. It was the presenting sponsor of the Super Bowl. So your thirst quenchers, Stub, we had the Deluxe Cocktail, Kettle One, Don Julio, Johnny Walker Black, Crown Royal, Bullet Bourbon, uh, Ron Zacapa 23. That's $17.99. A Premium Cocktail, $15.99. Premium Draft, $16.99. Well, these are actually similar prices to what it was in the sphere. 
right? So that's that, why that we, we kind of only yeah. got one drink there. Uh, Bud Light, sixteen ninety nine. Michelob Ultra, eighteen ninety nine. <laughs> Bud Light Seltzer and Aluminum Aquafina. Why we're on uh, Michelob? My friends and I were talking about this during the big game. Michelob has been on an incredible high recently. Like, have have your friends been drinking Michelob? All my friends have been drinking Michelob, and I think it's because of the marketing, right? And so they've got Lionel Messi in one commercial, but Michelob for years was like the fit man's drink because it was lower calories, and now it's just like the cool thing to do is to drink Michelob and and have the the lower calories. Not for nineteen dollars. Well, yeah, not, <laughs> not for nineteen dollars. Obviously, you can get a case of that yeah. for probably thirteen. Uh, so Ooh. those were the thirst crunchers there. Uh, souvenir popcorn. All right, how this sucks though. You had to pay two ninety nine for a refill. What kind of souvenir popcorn makes you pay for a refill? I mean, it it's is also fourteen ninety nine. Yeah, it is a fifth of the original price for a refill. So yeah. uh, that, that isn't as bad on paper. No, no, but I I hate that bit. If you're giving if it's a souvenir cup, it should always come with re- uh, free refills. That's my that's my. Uh, my thought on that. Fan favorites, the chili dog, beef chili, shredded cheese, and chives, $12.99. Hog Haven. Oh, that's probably what I would have gone with. Pulled pork, hickory, Ooh, bacon, yeah. barbecue sauce, and chives, $11.99. Or cheese and jalapeno with bacon. Cheddar cheese sauce, picking jalapenos, and bacon. I'm assuming that's on a hot dog, too. I think I, I'm. that's my assumption, yeah. is that these are hot Those dog are three options. three hot dog options. Uh, then you had the tacos. Abuelo's tacos. Does that mean grandma's tacos? Think Ab- of, Abuela. Abuela means yeah. grandma, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah you got grandma's it. Grandma's tacos. Uh, two carne asada, taco, asada tacos, eleven ninety nine. Two chicken tacos, eleven ninety nine. Shrimp and crab ceviche taco with chips, with chips. eleven ninety. You know what? That's the winner right there. Yeah. You get chips for free? Hell yeah. Um. So those are the food options there. Am I missing anything? No, I think you got everything there. Yeah. In the so what would you have gone with? I I think I would have gone with the tacos with chips and salsa. I think I'm getting the cheesy jalapeno dogs. Oh, if okay. I'm in a stadium, I'm getting a hot dog. Yeah, you no, know, that's a good any point. live sport, it's the, a hot dog time. The problem with a hot dog like that with cheese sauce and jalapenos, you might need to eat it with a fork and knife if it's like really messy. I'm okay with that. I can't do a fork in a stadium. That's like that reminds me of the the day that I knew that Dan Snyder had lost all touch with reality and that's when he served low main at a Commanders game. <laughs> I mean, I'm, are you kidding me? Who's eating chopsticks at a football game? It was the most upsetting thing ever. And oh yeah, he was still serving Johnny Rockets 15 years after it was popular. Soggy fries and only two t- two chicken tenders in that basket. My roommate James will go to bat for Johnny Rockets till he dies. Really? And I, there's not one that I can visit and I can confirm that he's right on. I do think the um, the milkshakes are okay, but okay. the Johnny Rockets inside of FedEx Field was a dump. Well, that doesn't literally count. in 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 stadium yeah. chain. That's not that's not the chain. No, no, you're right. I'll give that. it a pass. All right, uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. Here's a dude food story. Offering free wings for America on February 26th. With what? I'm trying to find There's out. There's always what, some What's catch. the deal? What's, the with offer 20, is only a... good for dine-in. Okay, well, that's that makes sense. No purchase necessary to Whoa. get the free wings, though. They just want people to go to the store. What day? February 26th. Oh, here's the catch. Oh. Only from 2 to 5 p.m. local time. So you have to go during yeah. work. <laughs> That's the bit. They That'd want everyone to take yeah, off of work take, early yeah. and go to Buffalo Wild Wings. You know what? It's not a great lunch food. No. Right? Because then by dinner time, you know, you got all that spicy buffalo sauce in your stomach. It's not the yeah, best. Well, I, get, I get out of here at 4. 
Uh-huh. I guess I could run over there yeah. and make it in time. Why don't you set an alarm on your phone? <laughs> on February 26th, you're going to go get free wings for the squad. 26th I, or 22nd? 26th. 6th. Okay. Yeah. What okay. did uh, what'd you want to bring up on Dude Food today? Well, I told you this earlier, but I, I want to talk about it. Okay. They're, they're offering right now, a, a, a pizza chain is offering, if you want to you know, break up with your significant other, the most common day to break up is, is the day before Valentine's Day. You can send them a pizza with a custom message on the box <laughs> saying, I am breaking up with you. <laughs> and so I, who a couple months ago got broken up with, texted. Well, I thought you did the broken this, upper. Th- one, one more back. Oh. One more back. Man, yeah, yeah, Stubbs yeah. a big hot one more back. Two relationships in one year? That's, that's two times not- me. <laughs> <laughs> I texted her and I, and I sent the link and I said, I'd like a pizza, please. <laughs> I just followed up. I, I just I just texted her still waiting on that pizza. Really? Yeah. So what if the pizza showed up tomorrow, but it said something like, Stub, you're too damn hairy. <laughs> <laughs> would you be offended or would you eat the za? No, I'd laugh. Yeah? Uh, it's a free pizza. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I'm willing to accept a lot of things for a free pizza. You brought up something I didn't know. Is is it really true that the day before Valentine's Day is the most broke up day in America. That's what it said on the article about uh-huh. this pizza breakup thing. I mean, I so don't I'm deny that. Because you, you got to go. A lot of people about, are like friend yeah. zone, right? Or they're friends with benefits. That's that's the greatest. Friends with benefits is just the greatest thing ever. No commitments. You can go out, do your thing with your bros, still get the bennies. I mean, that's a <laughs> that's the best. It's the best. Stuff. Can't say I've ever experienced that. Uh, but. <laughs> But it, I, always, I, it, it, it always gets messy in the end. It yeah, no, I don't does. want to deal with all that. Yeah. It, anyways, it makes sense. You know, it's like, do we want to go on an all-out date for Valentine's Day? We've been on the rocks. Are we going to save it or do we cut it here? Yeah. Like, is it worth all the money on a nice dinner if we're about to break up anyway? Makes That's, sense. Send point. them a pizza. Then you got, <laughs> don't got to do an in-person conversation. Don't got to deal with crying. Send them a pizza. Did you see? So everybody always watches when Apple has their new reveal of right their new phone oh, or something. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Well, Liv Moss <laughs> had an event for Taco Bell in Vegas, and the social media videos were blowing up that included the new Mountain Dew, uh, the Cheese It, I guess Supreme Cheese It Crunch Wrap, Cheese It Crunch Wrap, and the new Cantina Chicken Menu. Yeah, Baja Blast Pie. There's a gelato Baja Blast flavored pie that they're doing. They're doing chicken nuggets, Adam. Okay, so the new menu arrives February 15th. So on Friday, Friday. I need you to do a dude food review of the new Taco Bell menu. Of course. All right? Here's what. You know what? You going to pay me again? Here's five bucks. Here's five bucks. All right? But hey, this is going to be the last $5 I ever give you unless it's a damn good review on Friday. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm going to, if they got chicken nuggets, I'm getting, like, I have to try to talk about chicken nuggets. Here's the bit, though. You have to spend at least 10. All right? So you spend my five and your own five. Yeah, yeah. I'll probably spend more. I I, got (laughs) to, because they got the Baja Baja Blast pie. Is enticing. But if you spend more than $10 at a fast food restaurant, you lose. No, it's hard not to anymore. <laughs> like, it's, no, it's almost real. impossible. That, actually, no, that's the bit we used to say in high school. Now we probably have to jump it up to $15. 15 yes. Or even yeah. 16 right? Like, even, even, like, even Raising McDonald's Cane's is, is supposed now. to be the cheapest restaurant in the world, and it's like nine fifty. Yeah, for, right. for a small, like a three, three tender meal. Yeah. No, it's wild. Stam inflation! Ah! Make the eggs cheap again! <laughs> I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD on the fan.